Hey everyone and welcome back to Flightcast. We are an aviation podcast inspired by the flight simulator that you can use on your phone or tablet, Infinite Flight. With me in the Flightcast virtual recording booth, it's cozy in here, is the very entertaining and lovely Skyhawk Heavy, Mark Denton. Hey brother. Hey brother, what's going on with you? Mark, I'm pretty excited. Uh, we're less than two months out from Atlanta Warbird Weekend down less at Dickov Peachtree Airport in Atlanta, Georgia. At the PDK, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be great. And uh, what's really awesome, of course, about this is that we'll be hanging out and meeting some great friends there. And uh, yes. that's uh, it was uh, last year this time. It was a, a special time for us because you got to meet me. Well, I would have said the same thing, just opposite. You would have gotten to me. You got to meet me. I mean, you know, you're my first Canadian unaccompanied minor I've ever met. So, I mean, it was great. That's right. And uh, <laughs> what's really cool is we'll also be meeting uh, a few of our guests face-to-face for the first time. Our friend yes. Angela Sells, Southern Fly Girl on Instagram, will be there. Um, and who knows who might also show up. Uh, this is going to be uh, super fun and... Uh, we also have some infinite flight people coming. And as you know, Mark, we started this podcast talking almost exclusively about infinite flight. Yes. And, uh, had lots and lots of content to cover there, but of course you can only talk about a flight simulator so much. So we've, we've sort of morphed things a little bit, but what we did last year was we had infinite flight mod con 2016, which we Mm -hmm. hashtagged IFmodCon 16. And this year we have for the second time. Uh, IF ModCon 17, and yep. we have hopefully both Infinite Flight developers, Philippe Roland and Laura Lebon, making it. And so this is this is the exciting part. We've got America, of course. Yep. We've got Canada, represented by mm-hmm. me. And then we've got our friend who's the newest addition to the Infinite Flight developer team, Cameron Carmichael Alonso, who we've interviewed a few times before. Three, Ooh. in fact. <laughs> who is flying in from Majorca, Spain, uh, and also making the trip uh, from afar will be Sebastian Schilberg from Sweden. Sweden. Mm-hmm. From Sweden, yep. yeah. Yeah, And uh, last but not least, IFATC Sam Keast from Australia. This is it's blowing my mind, the people that have actually purchased airplane tickets to come and hang out with us. Well, yeah, Sam, you know, he works for the airline, so he he's probably non-revving out. But still, still, I mean, he's coming from down under in Australia. So we're going to have the Aussie, we're going to have the Swedish, and, of course, Cam, he's the British Spaniard. I mean, we never know what he is. <laughs> yeah, but he's, think he's about it. Mutt. It's going to be like the most peaceful meetup you could imagine. You've got, <clears throat> you've got oh, all yeah. these peaceful countries coming to... Oh yeah, all together. the peaceful kind, con- and and all these guys are just really passive and very quiet and reserved, and <laughs> yeah, you know, including so, me. Well, quiet and reserved, me. exactly, and me. <laughs> yeah, and of course, I'm always representing the rednecks there, so That's you're right. welcome for that. That's right. Uh, so, guys, if you are in the area on Saturday, October seventh, Warbird Weekend is uh, goes well. Really, we'll we'll talk to Mo about this, but 
uh, I think right from Thursday till Sunday uh, when it's all said and done. But we'll be there on Saturday, October 7th. So please stop by the Flightcast booth. We will be live on location. And uh, you can come and grab a Flightcast patch. For your, I'm excited about those. Yeah, for your backpack or your bomber jacket or whatever it is, or your flight suit. And uh, say hello. We'll be live on location several times throughout the day, uh, talking to some really cool people, and uh, we'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, but head, head over to our blog at flightcast.audio for more details. Absolutely. Did I miss anything, Mark? Nope. You didn't miss anything. I mean, it's, it's going to be great. I mean, we're going to have pretty much the same mods that we had there last year, and you know, a few additional mods this year. And of course, like you said, the community, several people in the community are coming. So that's right. It's going to be great. Awesome. Well, speaking of Warbird Weekend, let's bring in our guest for today. With us via Skype is the director of digital media for the commemorative Air Force Dixie Wing and coordinator of Atlanta Warbird Weekend down in Atlanta, Georgia. Moreno Aguiari. Mo, welcome to the podcast. Well done. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't butcher the no, you did not at all. You did not at all. You did a great job, in fact. <laughs> right on, right on. It's Aguari. Yeah, Aguari. even the pronunciation works fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, uh, I, lived, I lived in South Georgia, in Bainbridge, Georgia, for a while, so I, I feel myself a redneck at heart. So, <laughs> well, Once you're a redneck, you're always a redneck. So. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I even have my pocket knife, so... <laughs> Well, Mo, first of all, thanks for including Flightcast at Warbird Weekend. Uh, This means a lot to us, and uh, we're really thankful to be a part of it. Absolutely. Well, it's actually, the pleasure is mine. I I think it's a great, uh, great partnership because, um, uh, you know, will help us uh, essentially amplify the stories we are trying to tell uh, at Warbird Weekend. Um, We always... uh, trying to think outside the box and do new things at uh, Warbur Week and uh, you guys participating, uh, it's just, just, just perfect. So uh, we are uh, absolutely excited to have you guys down there. Nice. So Actually, I'm here. Mo, why don't you tell us how the Atlanta Warbird Weekend got started and uh, maybe follow up with where it's heading this year? Yeah, sure. Well, it started almost as a coincidence. Um, it was about four years ago. Uh, the... CAF Airbase Arizona B-17 um, um, Sentimental Journey um, was planning, uh, they were planning their tour and they called us up, they sent us an email actually asking, um, essentially they were planning to come down and they asked us, should we go to Peachtree City or should we go to, to uh, Peachtree Cab Airport? Um, now the Dixie Wing is based in Peachtree City, 50 miles south of Atlanta. The Peachtree Cab Airport, where the Atlanta Warbur Weekend happens, is essentially 15 minutes, 20 minutes from downtown Atlanta. So, uh, premier real estate. Um, and uh, so, back then, we decided that why don't we try to do something outside our home base, so to speak, and try to reach more folks and more people in uh, up in Atlanta. So, that's essentially what we did. Because of the, the sentimental journey that came down to to Georgia, we decided to uh, experiment and create an uh, expanded um, ride uh, rides day, so to speak. Because back then it was just we were just thinking to uh, have the B-17 and offer rides, and perhaps bring our airplanes and offer rides. But as often we do, we have great folks 
at the Dixie Wing, we thought, well, maybe we can do more than that. Maybe we can do what we already do at Falcon Field every May with the World War II Heritage Days. Uh, if you've been to Reading at the World War, World War II weekend in Reading, Pennsylvania, well, what we do is something similar, just on a smaller scale. Uh, and we do it in Peachtree City at home field. So we thought, well, maybe we can duplicate the concept at PDK. So that's 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 how it started. Uh, that was four years ago with the B-17. Uh, being there, we decided to give a theme to the event. So we dedicated the uh, uh, first Atlanta World War Weekend to the 8th Air Force. And um, because of our friendship with the 8th Air Force Historical Society, um, we had a lot of veterans from the Mighty Eighth, and uh, and the rest is history. The following day, we did a P-51 gathering with six Mustangs, and last year, it's my understanding, you guys came out. Uh, we had a P-40 gathering, and the AVG Flying Tiger 75th anniversary. So every year, we um, come up with a theme to kind of focus on a specific uh, aspect of uh, World War II aviation. And this year, it's going to be the celebration of the uh, uh, 75th anniversary of the first class of Tuskegee Airmen um, that graduated from Tuskegee, Alabama. Um, and obviously, the celebration of African-American uh, aviators beyond the Tuskegee Airmen. That's, and, uh, that's really exciting. Um, I've been sort of forced to learn up, uh, learn myself, as Mark would say, on the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. And uh, Mark, your son's pretty pretty interested in that already correct oh absolutely i mean um uh, i believe i've told you before when we talked uh talked a few months ago i mean my son he's 12 years old and absolutely loves well he loves aviation but world war ii aviation and uh the tuskegee airmen are probably his his uh favorite group his fi- uh, favorite fighter group with the world war ii era and can tell you anything and everything uh, pretty That's much great. about the Tuskegee Airmen Squadron. That's fantastic. So when we went to Atlanta last month, uh, of course, we passed right by uh, Tuskegee, and uh, he saw the sign. I wasn't going to point it out to him because I knew he'd want me to stop. <laughs> and he saw the sign. He's like, Dad, we got to stop. We got to stop. And I'm like, buddy, we, we just don't have time right now. So um, I, I've got to take him back up to uh, Tuskegee because sure. now sure. he wants to go. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That's uh, that's why we do what we do. You know, we need to inspire the younger generation, whether or not, uh, you know, I, I, I want to broaden the scope, and it's not necessarily World War II aviation, but aviation in general. So, um, obviously, World War II and very inspiring stories like the AVG and Tuskegee Airmen, the, the fighter pilots of World War II are probably the best tools we have to inspire younger generation in uh, in uh, getting to aviation and learning history. Yeah, and he's when we when we stopped by the Dixie Wing um, while during our visit in Atlanta, uh, when we walked uh, when we were escorted out to the hangar, um, uh, I believe his name was Mike, the uh, tall guy, um, really tall guy, uh, was walking us around, you know, showing us everything, and uh, I was sitting there trying to explain everything or tell my son what this plane was, what that plane, and before I could say, Daddy, I already know what they are. So he goes and names every plane. To, I'm like, okay, my bad, my bad. So he That's he great. was just excited to be there as, as we were. So Mo, how how many of the Tuskegee Airmen are actually going to be on location in October? We we think between pilots, uh, ground crew, and ground personnel, about twenty. Nice. Uh, 
um, five or six pilots and everyone else is a uh, ground crew, ground personnel. So they actually quite a few coming from out of town. So it's, um, it's definitely, definitely great. That's awesome. um, what an important thing to celebrate in aviation, but just in general for uh, just the achievements and uh, the importance to, you know, for America in World War II, but um, just for equality, if you want to go that far. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, what these guys went through, oh, I think it goes beyond the simple, you know, aviation. Definitely. Uh, uh, it's it's just, just uh, uh, they're, the, you know, a, a, a clear, I guess, uh, example of how determination and perseverance, you know, can be stronger than anything else. And uh, that's really what it's all about uh, when it comes down to ski airmen. It's not the flying part. It's not the racial thing. It's just people that really were determined to, to show that they could do it. Right. Perseverance. And, uh, and uh, um, you know, in fact, I think the Red Tail Squadron, the CF Red Tail Squadron really uh, teaches, try to teach, at least with their, mo their mobile program, all these values. So that's really what it's all about. And uh, well, that we, was my we, next question for you, actually, to tell us a little bit about the CAF Red Tail Squadron. They, they'll be there as well with their trailer, and and uh, so what does that entail? Yes, Red Tail, uh, uh, Red Tail, Rise Above Red Tail. It's the name of the program. It's the uh, um, you know the the gem in the CAF uh, 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 crown, if you will. Uh, it is a uh, um, a program that's been around for about 10 years and uh, it's really um, about educating the, 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 the public across America uh, about the history and the legacy of the King Airmen um, and uh, they do that by essentially traveling, traveling the country from air show to air show but also they go to uh, high schools with their you know mobile traveling exhibit and they have a 15 or a 30 minutes movie uh, that uh, is broadcasted or projected to um, uh, um, to the kids. And uh, at the end of the projection, these kids get uh, a dog tag with the six guiding principles of of the uh, Rise Above Red Tail program, which is aim high, uh, believe in yourself, use your use your brain. Be ready to go, never quit, um, and expect to win. So this is what I was uh, referring uh, to earlier. You know, it's it's just beyond flying. It's about really principles that you carry with you uh, in life, uh, in general. So um, we'll have them uh, coming down on Tuesday. We open uh, the exhibit on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for the local schools. Uh, and we have nine slots available throughout the day, and they're already sold out. Schools in Atlanta jump on, on this opportunity. So we'll have uh, three full days dedicated to the schools, and then Saturday and Sunday the exhibit will be open uh, open to the public. Uh, with the mobile exhibit, it will uh, travel to Atlanta, the P-51C uh, Red Tail, uh, Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airmen, and that's the name of the, the actual name of the airplane, it's Tuskegee Airmen. Um, so we'll have also the P-51C with us, which is which is you know uh, uh, cool to see. Uh, obviously, it's not an original Tuskegee Airmen uh, P-51, but it's painted as such. So that's really what what it is. Um, I'm sure that whoever went to an air show has probably seen the 
um, exhibit before. And uh, it's just uh, just very inspiring. It's a 160 degrees uh, movie theater, um, very immersive. So um, we're very proud to have them uh, with us. Nice. Well, you mentioned the P63 uh, King Cobra. So let's talk about that a little bit, and we'll get back to um, some of the some of the features of Warbird Weekend. But we were uh, actually uh, excited to have uh, Mark Todd join us today, who's the uh, pilot of the P sixty three for the CAF, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he yes. was uh, had got called away to an emergency, and uh, so he couldn't join us. And we'll try and have him on another time. But um, yeah, why don't you tell us about that airplane? Yeah, sure. P sixty three King Cobra. Um, it is. Uh, it flew for the first time. It's not a very. Uh, first of all, it's not really a very popular um, uh, Warbird or World War Two airplane if you compare it to the more. Uh, 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 famous P-51, P-47, P-38, and such, or Corsair. Um, it came in production too late to be to have really any impact, uh, at least from an American perspective, in World War II. It was used a lot by the Russians. Essentially, it was the grandfather of the A-10, Thunderbolt, if you will. A ground-attack aircraft with a big cannon, a 37-millimeter uh, cannon in the nose, uh, very much like the... Um, uh, uh, the A-10. It became as a development of the P-39, which actually did serve with the U.S. Army Air Corps, but um, the P-63 we have um, flew for the first time on February 18th, 2007, after 16 years of restoration and after 40 years since its last flight. Did you say 16, uh, one, six years of restoration? Yes, one, six, wow. yes. One, 16, you know, uh, you know, the people ask, always ask, why does it take that long? Well, first of all, we are all volunteers, so we don't work around the clock on these restorations. We are not a professional. CF it doesn't have a professional restoration uh, uh, unit. We, we are all volunteers, and while we are all competent and at the knowledge of uh, 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 restoring an airplane, we don't do it for a living. So, you know, we do it in our spare time, and that's why sometimes it takes the long, uh, also because you need to raise money to pay for the restoration, and raising money takes time. Uh, the airplane flew last, the last time uh, 40 years ago, and uh, um, since then it's been uh, in a box because it was assigned to a unit in the CF in Missouri, and uh, the Mississippi River flooded and completely uh, 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 covered up the hangar of the Missouri wing of the CF back then. So the, the P-63 ended up in pieces in a radius of two miles from, from the hangar. Uh, the members of the Missouri wing literally went out into the fields and picked up the airplane piece by piece, brought it back to the hangar, put, put it in a box, or put it in multiple boxes, I should say. And they decided that it was too much for them to uh, uh, work on uh, a restoration. So... Uh, it was in storage in the CAF until uh, uh, you know the, the Dixie Wing decided to step up, and it was assigned to the Dixie Wing uh, 16 years ago, and the restoration began. So on February 18th, it flew for the first time, and um, the rest its history it was obviously featuring Oshkosh, um, where it was definitely a hit. After Dark, I think, was the most sought-after warbird. Um, what's interesting about this our specific P-63 is that uh, it was used as a, as a test airplane for uh, Bell uh, right, out, out of, uh, right out of the production line. 
and uh, then it was actually used by NACA, which is the uh, forerunner of NASA. Before NASA, there was NACA. So it was actually a test airplane used by test pilots, famous test pilots like George Cooper, for example, who flew anything and everything you know, in the 50s and 60s, became probably one of the most famous uh, 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 NACA and NASA test pilots. Uh, so we had, uh, when it came down to decide what paint scheme, uh, we had a 1945 photo available to us um, provided by NASA. In fact, I, I worked with NASA Ames Center in Moffett Field to research the airplane. And there was this great photo of showing the airplane with four big letters that say test on the side. Um, so we, you know, got interested in the story and thanks to Glenn Bugos at NASA, uh, he is uh, one of their head historians there. I discovered a lot about this airplane. It was a really a, a, a test airplane, it did amazing uh, well, I shouldn't say amazing, but did really important tests uh, like the uh, studying the aileron, the aileron fluttering uh, effect, um, the laminar flow of the wing. Uh, they did the, the study of the Mach number or the Reynolds number. So there is there is a lot that this airplane has done, and we thought, well, what a great story it would be to tell the story of the test pilots. You know, nobody has really uh, told this story. Uh, test pilots really. Uh, provided a great and invaluable help to the war effort, uh, and to these days they're still very much uh, helping improvements and technology development in aviation by by doing what they do because they keep testing. So uh, they really test, uh, they really um, risk their lives. Most of all, back in those days when technology and and research was not as developed, you know, the, the only way to do it was to go up and try things. Now you can simulate things, obviously. On, on a computer-based model, but back in those days you could not. You had to go up and fly, and you know very often these guys lost their lives. So we mm -hmm. thought it was a great, great thing to honor these guys, and uh, so we applied the test uh, test uh, lettering letters on the, each side, the NACA logo um, in uh, in the back on the tail, and uh, I contact NASA and uh, told them about this airplane. They they love the story. And we decided to do a program. Well, we decided I uh, asked Connie Bowling, the lady who runs the Warbirds in Review program up in Oshkosh, which is essentially a almost like a play in a theater. Uh, not kidding. There is, if you guys have been up there, you probably saw it. Uh, there is a little amphitheater with spectators and uh, people listening to a Q&A session with the airplanes in the background and usually the pilots that flew them in front. It's a fantastic, fantastic setting. In our case, uh, there was uh, Joe Engel, uh, the guy who flew, flew X, the X-15. He was a uh, major general, Joe, Joe Engel, who flew the X-15 and uh, Apollo 17, and uh, he flew the space shuttle twice. Only He was the only space shuttle, space shuttle pilot who flew, who manually flew the space shuttle back into the Earth. Uh, after a mission, so uh, and because of NASA, uh, I guess uh, uh, excitement and NASA support, and uh, they love the fact we had a, a P-63 was that we used by NACA. They decided to send a T-38 uh, that they, they the astronauts used to train in Houston. So we ended up having this presentation, the Warburton in Review, with the T-38, uh, NASA uh, NASA T-38, our P-63. And then we went up in the air, did a photo shoot. Mark did a fantastic photo shoot 
with the T38, which will be published, I believe, on uh, World War Digest uh, uh, pretty soon, and Airplane Magazine, about, about a bunch of other magazines. And then they flew together in the air show on Sunday. So um, we were very, uh, very happy to uh, to have done that. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. Um, it was just, just, just a great opportunity to be around that week and showcase our airplane and tell tell the story of the and test pilots. That's awesome. Well, we do look forward to speaking with uh, Mark at some point and, and perhaps uh, at Warbird Weekend if we can't get him in here before that. Sure. Mark, have you heard of Live Flight for Infinite Flight? Yeah, man. I've used it to track flights and to see which regions and airports are busy before, you know, planning my flight. Right. Well, as you probably know, a new version of Live Flight is now available at liveflightapp.com. This new version is better than ever and has been rebuilt from the ground up. With a new design, more flight stats, a search feature, and airport information, tracking and planning your flight is easier than ever. Oh, man, I know. And now with the new downloadable KML files, you can download your flight data to any Earth browser, such as Google Earth. It's so cool. Absolutely. And if that wasn't enough, you can now subscribe to Live Flight Horizon, a new service for only $1.99 a month that provides real-time, worldwide airport information such as weather, runway data, and charts. It also allows you to search for flights, active ATC frequencies, and airports. And as a Live Flight Horizon subscriber, you'll also get much longer online sessions, and you'll be helping Cam to keep developing and improving this great app. So guys, make sure you head over to liveflightapp.com to give it a try, and also subscribe to Live Flight Horizon. It will make your infinite flight experience so much better. Live Flight is now available in the App Store for iOS. And now back to the podcast. So what other what other events can people or or uh things can people look forward to at Warbird weekend this yeah. upcoming year? I know you have photography workshops and things like that. So uh, yes, tell us more absolutely. about Warbird. Well, every year we try to do uh, uh add something else to the mix. Um first year we added a, a dinner uh on Saturday night and we still have it this year on Saturday night. Uh, folks can go to the 57th Fighter Squadron restaurant, which is a World War II, uh, uh, World War II aviation-themed restaurant. Um, it used to be one of the restaurants owned by David Talashe, and uh, I believe it is the only one left out of 60 World War II uh, um, aviation restaurants. And uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be called uh, Dinner with Tuskegee Airmen. So it's a very private and exclusive dinner. In a private room with the Tuskegee Airmen, about five or six, uh, four or five, I think now, and um, that's really one of our highlights of of the weekend. Uh, Sunday morning, we oh, let me actually uh, step back. Friday night, we added something new uh, for the first time, which is essentially a projection of a documentary uh, right there on the ramp with an inflatable uh, screen. Um, we're going to project the In Their Own Words, which is a documentary about the Tuskegee Airmen with a Q&A section uh, before and during the documentary. Right there on the ramp uh, with, the with the P-51 parked next to the uh, screen. So it's going to be a very, very unique setting. Uh, and that's obviously Friday night. Saturday and Sunday during the day, we have presentations, educational programs pretty much every hour. Uh, right there on the ramp and on, or on the stage. And uh, Sunday morning we have a uh, photo session, which is different from the water uh, from the workshop. Essentially, we allow people 
to have an exclusive access to the ramp at sun, uh, sunrise um, so they can photograph the airplanes without people in, in front of them. So um, airplanes will be flying. Mainly, mainly our, uh, you know, the B-17 will offer rides and our airplanes, P-51, SBD, T-6, T-34, PT-19 will offer rides. So people will be able to uh, see the airplanes going up and down all day. I know there are some uh, already flights planned for uh, air-to-air -air workshops, so there will be a lot of uh, things moving. Um, it's different, obviously, from an air show because we don't have a set schedule of flying activities, but uh, throughout the day there will be movement. Oh, and, the, uh, we know from last year, uh, Mark, that the, the there's tons of movement all day, and we and mm -hmm. everything from uh, you know little tail draggers to warbirds to private jets. Uh, you can, yeah. with the exception yeah. of airliners, you can see it all there. Yeah, the, oh, airplane, yeah. the, the airport, the airport, the, the, the good and the bad of our event is that, uh, you know, this is not our own field, so we cannot impose, you know, how, how, you know, how to do it. And uh, the airport is actually open for business. Uh, Pichuticab Airport or PDK, PDK is the second busiest airport or general aviation airport in Georgia. Um, actually, it's the second busiest airport in Georgia and the fourth busiest general aviation airport in the country. There is a lot of movement. We we can't simply uh, close it. Um, they only they only they only close the airport one day out of the year, and that's the day of the air show. Our air show here at PDK is only one day, in fact, not two days, because of the the activity. So, folks definitely will be able to see airplanes and jets flying up and down. Uh, very often during the weekend, we have uh, Navy. Navy uh, F-18s and Navy T-6s coming down uh, for refueling, and they often, you know, taxi by just to, you know, they, they know what we do, and they, um, we became friends with a bunch of squadrons throughout the years. They always come by. They always, it's funny because they always train their uh, training missions around World War Weekend, so they can come out and spend a few hours with us, and then they go home. So it's kind of like a, and the same for the Air Force guy. So it's kind of like a fun uh uh, uh, fun thing, but you know that doesn't happen obviously on uh, on a on a schedule premises. It happens only if they can. Um, then we have our own members who bring up their own airplanes. They might stay up for a few hours and then they go home. So there is always something going on. Uh, if it's not flying, it's the it's, our presentations are, are, are just great. It's just you know you get to talk to really unique. Uh, Nick Fox. Last year we had uh, Dick Cole, and uh, if you guys remember, we have the only two flying tigers. Uh, alive and they did their own Q and A. They, they, the best thing that you can you can actually be uh, one one or two feet away from these guys and ask questions yourself. So it's that's that's kind of like the type of environment we want we want to have. Um, we don't want to make it like a stage uh, uh, presentation, but it will be uh, there will be a program, but a program that it's accessible and really immersive for. Uh, for everyone that will be at Border Weekend, and you guys saw what we did last year, so yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, how many? Out of curiosity, how many people do you move through that place uh, on a weekend for Warbird Weekend? How many people in terms of uh, member of in guests? Terms of people that come out, or yeah, people that come out, guests. Well, uh, we estimated last year we had between fourteen and fifteen thousand people that came out Saturday and Sunday. Oh, wow. um, this year, we'll probably think. It's going to be more than that. And uh, uh, for our listeners who are considering going, let me give you a piece of advice. Go find your parking spot early. 
like Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, PDK is not uh, it's not really uh, a great place to. There is no essentially there is no parking for these type of types of events. Uh, more, well, that's, during the air show, we can close one runway, so we have we can use one of the runways as parking. But in our situation, uh, it's different because the airport is all open for business. Uh, what we obviously can't use uh, other tenants' parking lot, so we have to actually park remotely, and we will have shuttles that will uh, shuttle people to the to the airport. Uh, as news of today, I found out that one of the ramp we were using last year, which was walking distance from from uh, um, the event, uh, it's been essentially rented by an air ambulance. So we lost the ramp as this morning. Therefore, I have to come up with a an alternative pretty soon, and uh, uh, but that's that's the only downside of uh, of Warburg Weekend. We can't unfortunately uh, have a lot of parking lots. So you are absolutely right. If you are in Atlanta and you re- live in Atlanta, uh, use Marta, our train uh, train station. It's uh, Chambly Station, which is walking distance from the airport. Uh, that's a great solution. Or or park anywhere before to get to Chambly. And uh, you can you can simply use Marta and then walk to the airport, which is you know probably a good idea to do, but um, I doubt that people will do it. So well, and you have uh, you have an FBO uh, uh, at PDK that's actually expanding, correct? So you're losing some ramp space. Yep, that's another issue we have. Uh, these these this year, the ramp space we'll have available will be actually smaller because uh, Atlantic Aviation, which I want to thank because they've been supporting us. Uh, since day one, um, Paul Reynolds, the manager there, is just great, and uh, um, Vince Tedorov as well. Uh, they've been great, but good for them. They're building a brand new FBO, um, and we'll, they will take essentially uh, part of the ramp we were using for our hot ramp and uh, the big airplanes like the DC-3 um, was there last year. Therefore, by losing that, we also lose parking because, again, they're building this massive FBO and uh, we'll lose parking lots and ramp space for 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 airplanes and for our hot ramps. So, yep, it's going to be a challenging year logistically, but uh, it is such a uh, situation where we have done this for uh, for quite some time that we 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 can adjust it quick and make sure that the public will still have good time. Uh, and usually, people are very understanding. Of of of, uh, of the situation, so um, it will be it will definitely be a challenge for us logistically, but we'll make sure that the folks will still have a good time. Okay, awesome. Well, fortunately for us, Jason, we'll be getting there early enough on Saturday that you know we should be able to get a decent parking spot because of all the equipment that we've got to carry in. Yeah, yeah, um, you guys be able to uh, um, probably come in with a car. We get the VIP parking anyway, right? You get the VIP parking. There we go. I was also oh, yeah. thinking as you were talking about the photography workshop. Um, yeah. uh, you must uh, you must have a few extra spaces for your favorite podcast guys uh, at the sunrise photo session. I would think. <laughs> sure, sure. sure. <laughs> uh, it will. It will. Uh, it will be. It will be. Last year was fun. We had uh, about sixty people that show up. We charge uh, forty nine dollars, and that money obviously goes to the CF Dixie Wing to support uh, what we do, and uh, uh, everyone enjoy it. It was very. Um, um, you know, very much appreciated because photographers obviously want to have their own uh, 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 private session, so to speak, without people in front of them. 
and uh, at sunrise with the uh, you know the P40s lined up, it was just a magic uh, magic atmosphere. You know, um, we we just had a good time. So yeah, you guys more than welcome to uh, to join us. Wonderful, Mark. What else? Anything you want to add to this? Or ask Man, I, <clears throat> I nothing that I can think of right off the top of my hand. I mean, he he covered all that really well. I mean, I just remember last year. I mean, of course it was. It was hot as all get out, but, um, you know, the, the crowds were great. The, the displays were great. I mean, everybody there was absolutely wonderful. Um, you have like, like Mo said, I mean, there's just such a variety of aircraft, whether it's warbirds or ones that members are flying in. And of course you got the, the corporate and private aircraft that are, uh, launching out. Uh, even last year there was a met one blimp. I don't know if it, yeah. you know, it was off in the distance. I remember seeing that, but yeah, yeah, that was the Goodyear blimp. You're right about that. Yep. Yep. So, um, but you know, one thing I do want to uh, say is, you know, as a shout out to the CAF Dixie wing, man, Mo, you know, when, when I came up there last, uh, last month with my son, everybody there, uh, at the HQ was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, they, they, they took the time, you know, we, we met up with Mike, I believe, uh, I said was his name, but I think it was Willard. Willard. Yep. Tall guy. Okay. Um, yep. and yep. he, he showed us around for a little bit and, um, you know, he told us a little bit about the, uh, the T 34 and how all that came to play and, uh, came through, uh, fruition, uh, and, and showed us around the hangar a little bit. And of course the museum back there in the back in the fab shop and everything, uh, and then he introduced us to someone else that we ended up spending probably two or three hours with just talking and, and learned quite a bit, uh, of stuff that, uh, none of us actually knew. And, uh, it was just an awesome experience. And, and, uh, you know, they took the time to, uh, let my son get into the B 17 and B 24 ball turret. Yeah, um, that was filler. That's, that's, I knew it was, <laughs> well, he, yeah. I, I, I appreciate your, uh, Kind words, uh, uh, market. We really are great folks, and uh, you know, we, we do we do what we do because we love it. You know, it's our passion, so it becomes uh, becomes natural to 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 to, to be good. Uh, um, you know, good host. We just really like when people come out and they they, they want to know what we do. Uh, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without the support of really many many enthusiasts who uh, who just support us. So. Every time we have the opportunity to showcase what we do, it's um, it's always great. And you know, volunteers really make the difference. You know, we wouldn't be able to do the CF wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the volunteers. Um, it's really it's really the best thing that CF has. Obviously, beside the airplanes, uh, uh, that, that that that's what it's, I guess the driving force that uh, allow us to do what we do. But without the volunteers, there wouldn't be. There wouldn't be anything, um, and you know this is this is, uh, I guess, a concept that it's uh, applicable to any other uh, uh, organizations, planes of fame. They have their own set of volunteers. But the CF, you know, we are all over the country. Um, Sixty, one hundred sixty-five airplanes flying, about seventy units, uh, almost twelve thousand, eleven thousand, twelve thousand members. I keep losing the count, but we wouldn't be able. To do what we do because of people like Willer, you know, he's a 78 years old retired uh, airline captain, flew uh, 
Lockheed Constellations, DC-3s, DC-6s, C-54s, never went in the military, and, and he loves to show kids and, and uh, anyone who visits the Dixie Wing, and um, it, it makes, makes, um, you know, make, makes the place very special. So I'm glad you got to visit. Uh, now, he the was the one with TWA, correct? He was with TWA. He flew actually yep. Lockheed Constellation with TWA, and uh, um, just just a great guy. Now he saw he's serving combat, flew L nineteen in Vietnam, uh, mm -hmm. combat mission in Vietnam. Got shot at a few times, uh, and just just one of one of the great guys that made the CF great. You know, any squadron, any unit across the country, there is a Willard in any squadron. There's just fantastic folks that you just want to. Me as a member, I never get tired to go to the hangar and listen to Willard because he always has a story. And that's what I think oh, what, what absolutely. these organizations are, are special because, uh, you know, it's aviation museums, aviation organizations. I don't want to make it just a special thing that the CF does because I know there are other organizations out there that do exactly the same thing in, in a very spectacular way. But uh, I think it's really the special ingredient of, of, of what we do is our great, great volunteers. Yeah, the first guy that we actually met with, uh, I believe his name was Mike, uh, real tall guy, uh, really nice guy, uh, worked for Delta uh, for 30-something years. He wasn't a pilot, but um, he, he worked, I uh, forget what he did at Delta, and then he handed us off to uh, Willard. And Willard, of course, he cracked me up. He's funny, and then, of course, like you said, he, he's got so many stories. Uh, yes. Just like uh, he shared the story with us about the uh, – the aircraft, uh, like for example, the P-51 with the black and white stripes uh, underneath the wings uh, in the belly, uh, and explained what those stripes meant and what they were for. Um, sure. You know, sure. as a sign. You know, for example, at Normandy, do not shoot the aircraft with the black and white stripes exactly. uh, underneath. And and you know, yeah. so little things like that would just blew my mind. So it yeah, was I it was I can't say enough, honestly, about uh, everybody there. Um, so excellent. If I lived closer, I would be there all the time. Uh, but that it's, five it's, hour drive, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I live, uh, just to tell, just, just my experience with the CF, I live 52 miles from the hangar. And, um, for years I knew about the CF. I always supported the CF, but never really had the time to actually do it. And, uh, I should have joined earlier, but five years ago, I decided, you know what? I have the time now. Uh, my kids were just just uh, very young, and uh, I walk into the hangar and never left. Uh, I just uh, and I you know every Saturday, sometimes twice a week, I drive 105 miles to 104 miles to be precise um, to go to the hangar and just spend time there and do 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 my thing. And um, there are other other guys like me. Uh, you you guys. Uh, uh, um, uh, met Angela Decker uh, uh, on. Uh, I, I think you guys met only online, but um, she lives in Rome. I mean in Athens. Sorry, and that's the thing. Even well, gosh, it's probably like 80 miles. And once a month, she comes down with her son, Caden, and uh, it's just just great. You know, once you walk into the hangar, you just can't stay away from it. Um, oh, absolutely. And so she's, she's been phenomenal as well. Uh, yes. You know, I've shared with her some of the pictures that I took when I was there. And um, I believe she shared a few of them. I sent her, I sent her several, and she shared a few of them on the CAF Dixie Wing page. And, uh, sure. and I, I'm 
grateful and appreciative of that. But, you know, I was oh, just excited. Not, you know, you're talking about the distance, and that, she's a perfect example. You can Absolutely. help the cause and help the organization even if you live far away. Uh, in fact, you know, she's. Uh, I started a Facebook page. Uh, actually, we had already a Facebook page. I took it over when I joined. I took over the website because of my professional background. Um, but now she's essentially managing everything social media for the Dixie Wing. And uh, she do she does it from from Rome, from home or from yep. work. Actually, maybe I should not say that from work because <laughs> she does she does it in her free time. <laughs> well, everything I do from home and from work is the same since I work Get at home. So, yep. uh, yeah, me, me too. So it's <clears throat> it's the that you can support the, the CAF um, from from remote. I mean, I was a uh, I worked for the CAF headquarters for two years. I was the director of digital media. And I managed the CF headquarters page from Atlanta, and I wasn't in Dallas. So uh, you can help the organization uh, uh, from remote. And we had members. We try to give all tasks to members that don't get to come often because of that. You know, they feel they still, you know, feel part of the organization. And uh, and again, I don't want to sound redundant, but there, there are a lot of organizations like that that uh, they wouldn't be able to be around if it wasn't for their great great members and great volunteers. And um, keep in mind, we also have, just so you know, and everyone knows, we do, um, like I mentioned earlier, in May, usually, we have World War II Heritage Days down in Peachtree City. And uh, that event, it's as great as World War Weekend, but it's more like um, reenactors oriented. We recreate a World War II camp, a World War II battlefield right there in Peachtree City. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, heavy irons comes out. Yep. Uh, they actually camp out there for the weekend. Oh, too, if I'm not mistaken. That's that's great. That's great. Uh, well, you know, I one thing, one great, one way to get involved with the CAF. Um, there are units like you mentioned, Texas Raiders, Sentimental Journey, uh, B29 Squadron. You know, they travel the country quite a lot, and they have volunteers that don't necessarily live in Texas or live in Arizona. And they meet the airplanes on the road, so they might stay with them for two weeks. If obviously, if your work schedule or if you're retired, you can do that. If you're working, you know, you can. Uh, I know people that take their vacations based on their the bombers uh, bombers tour, and they just stay on the road with the bomber for a week or two weeks. So there is a lot of a lot of ways. Uh, there are a lot of ways where how you can get involved with the CAF. Um, that that obviously in our case. It would be a little different because we don't travel like the bombers. But as I mentioned, you know, uh, even just the mom membership to the Dixie Wing, it's forty-nine dollars a year. It help it helps us. You know, you 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 play a uh, one membership can pay one month of internet bill, for example, or one month of uh, not not electricity because we spend more than that. But um, any anyone can help, obviously. So. Cool. Absolutely. Well, Mo, before we let you go today, is there anything else you want to make listeners aware of? Websites, social media, anything like that to do with either Warbird Weekend or the Sure. Oh, website. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. The, the Dixie Wing website is Dixie Wing, Wing, plural, not singular, DixieWing.org. The website for the AWW, it is AtlantaWarbirdWeekend.com. And uh, we have a obviously the Dixie Wing Facebook page where we post all the updates about the event. And also we have a, a Facebook event page dedicated to the Atlanta Warbird Weekend. That's really where all the news will um, 
will be published. And Angela is doing a phenomenal job in running our pages and our uh, event page. So we have pretty big announcement that the next few days, we'll hopefully we can confirm a um, um, few extra airplanes uh, that will, will part of will be part of the event. Usually we have about 15, 20 uh, uh, static warbirds. Uh, this year, because of the space issue that I mentioned, we'll limited, limit the participation to very few selected airplanes. In particular, we're trying to um, uh, invite every uh, airplane owners who own uh, those types of aircraft flown by the, the Tuskegee Airmen. So BT-13, Stearman, T-6, uh, we definitely gonna have a P-40. We're trying to get a P-47 uh and uh there will be a b17 and obviously the p51c uh toski airmen there will be probably another couple of p51s and red nose our own p51 which will sell sell rides um the atlanta weekend.com it's really where uh, all the information will be will be posted so that's uh that's where you are or, or, or the facebook page obviously awesome well Mo, thank you so much again for making time. I know you're a busy dude and you're uh, preparing for this event and I'm sure others. Um, so thanks again. And and we very, very much look forward to seeing you in less than two months at Warbird Weekend. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. We look forward to host you guys and uh, and have fun together because that's at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And well, best of luck Absolutely. with all the planning. Looking forward to it. No problem, guys. You take care. Everyone, don't forget to check out Flightcast Cafe for bonus content from this and other episodes. Also, check out atlantawarbirdweekend.com as well as dixiewing.org for more information. And don't forget to come say hi at our booth at Warbird Weekend on Saturday, October 7th. Thanks for listening. Be sure to download Infinite Flight from the App Store or Google Play. For more on the podcast, visit flightcast.audio and be sure to subscribe on iTunes or YouTube. You can find us on social media at Flightcast Audio. Flightcast is brought to you by Linkhouse Media on the web at linkhousemedia.com. To cover the fine print, Flightcast is not affiliated with Infinite Flight or Flying Development Studio. I'm Jason Rosewell, hosting with me with Skyhawk Heavy. Thanks for listening, and happy landings. Bye, y'all.